Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Before we get into the episode five spoiler review for Moon Knight, just want to give a big shout out to Carbon Health, who powers and sponsors the Outlaw Nation and the Geek Buddies. Thank you so much to them for continuing their sponsorship of our shows. We continue into the year of 2022. Uh, Carbon Health, you can go there if you want to get checked out, you want to get something you know taken care of, you got some health issues going on, or maybe you want to do some preventative health stuff then please take a look at their website carbonhealth.com see if there's a clinic near you they've got 100 plus locations nationwide 50 plus locations in california alone and they will take care of you they want to work with you create a health plan that works for you at your pace at your budget uh and they're incredible at doing that they do believe that healthcare is is a personal thing and they want you to connect with a physician who will keep who will work with you to get you back into the best shape of your life. Lord knows I could use it. So I know some of you probably could use it as well. And if you've got anything you need to get checked out, you want to go and do that. Don't delay. Don't wait. Don't be a quote unquote man about it. Go and get it done at carbonhealth.com. They have virtual care and personal care to help you out. So again, go to carbonhealth.com. And now on with the Geek Buddy Spoiler Review, Episode 5 of Moon Knight. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a live spoiler review episode here from the Geek Buddies. <gasps> it's not live. It's not live. It's tight. I know it's not live. I'm just. I just like to. Don't don't fool the fans. Don't fool the fans. There we go. Yes, we're talking about Moon Knight. It is not live. We are taped. So just in case you were ready to send in a stream out of super chat, don't do that. We are oh, taped you here. Me. I, I am... thought we were live. I, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't know if this was John Roca, Stephen Grant. Surprising or... you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steve right, exactly. Mr. Been Bean. Well, Mr. Steven Bean is my last name uh, or middle name. All right. Well, we're going to cover episode five here. Asylum, the penultimate episode uh, next week is the end of the Moon Knight series. And from the uh, submitted awards, uh, I think we're looking at a one done one and done. 
from what it seems like a limited series here for Moon Knight. We're going to talk about all everything that happened here in the side of the I am coming to you live from Cinecon. At least I'm recording it live. Cinemacon here in Vegas uh, to talk about it. So please excuse the camera and the janky mic that I haven't used in a very long time. But let's uh, introduce ourselves first. I am the outlaw, John Roca, writer, producer, and host, and uh, co-host of the Geek Buddies. I am Michael Vogel, writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you can see Strawberry Shortcake Fairy in the Big City on Netflix now. And joining us again this week to uh, keep going with the Moon Knight. I mean, the Moon Knight has not thrown him off the train. He's still coming back to do these reviews. The great Mike Kalinowski. How are you, Mike? Boys, I come for the Geek Buddies. I stay for the Moon Knight. That's how it goes. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, it, you know what? You came for the Moon Knight that. and stayed for the Geek Buddies? No, I come for you guys. I don't care what you talk about. Oh, talking about okay. All right, I'll stick That's, around. I was giving you a compliment, kind, so. McClung. Come on now. That's nice. I'm like, come on. He can't hear you in that banker's outfit he's wearing right now. Come on. Give him a break. Give him a break. Look, uh, we're going to dive as... self-taping a bunch of stuff. Anyway, we're going to break down everything that happened in Asylum Episode 5 here, the penultimate episode of Moon Knight. It is a limited series, it seems like, from some of the awards considerations that it's gotten or was submitted for. So we're, uh, we're getting close to the end here. So much happened in this episode. We saw... Mark and Steven working together to go through some childhood trauma from uh, Mark's past. And we saw a brutal upbringing. We saw his mom. We saw him uh, losing his younger brother to a drowning. We saw him kind of re uh, reveal uh, what was going on here. What was the psychological break that caused Mark and Steven to kind of not be able to have separate lives now, which is what people have been asking. We had no Layla through the entire episode, which was kind of a bit of a surprise, to be honest with you. But in her place, so to speak, we got ourselves the god the goddess Tamatet. Tamatet was doing a lot in this one, going him through the going through the Egyptian underworld. Towerette. Sorry, Towerette. Yeah, I looked, it's it's a tough name. Towerette, fine. Uh, anyway, there was a lot going on there with the land of the dead and people getting thrown overboard and what have you. So we're going to break it all down here. Let's start with you, Vogel. What'd you think of this fifth episode? We had such a great ending to the fourth episode uh, with, you know, with uh, possibly uh, uh, Stephen or yeah, Mark Stephen slash Stephen being killed there in Ahmed's tomb, but then Mark and Stephen showing up with the, in the asylum with all the different characters we'd seen already in different roles. And of course, Dr. Harold with Ethan Hawke. What'd you think of this episode? Uh, well, I love this episode. Like, uh, the okay. episode was absolutely amazing. I okay. love all the character stuff. I love all the backstory. I love the way they did it. I thought it was visually interesting. I thought they continued to fuck with us. Like, I'm pretty sure this is all going on in Mark's head, but like, who the fuck knows at this point? Like, there's been Good enough point. things thrown either way. Uh, so there was, there's a lot going on in this episode. It's, it's between the end of last week and this episode. This is what I like about my Marvel shows, like where it kind of throws me off balance. All that being said... Yeah. I really am in the camp of Kalinowski as far as we're going to get to the end of Moon Knight uh, after next week. And even if he is in that Moon Knight costume for the entire episode, we certainly didn't get a whole lot of Moon Knight. Yeah. And I think that yeah. I think that the psychological stuff is interesting. I really like Mark as a character. I like Steven as a character. I think Ethan Hawke as uh, Dr. Harrow is fascinating to me. Like, I love... <laughs> everything that they're doing 
but I think there's some things that sort of uh, maybe we missed out on that we probably should have gotten a little bit more of. But we'll see where we end like next week. So yeah. although I'm very, very on board with what they're doing, I do think when we get to the end of this one, we'll talk about a couple things they probably missed the boat on. Yeah, I think you bring up an excellent point, Michael. It seems more of a character study than an actual origin story of Moon Knight. It's more of an origin story of Steven and Mark maybe not necessarily an origin story of Moon Knight, even though we did get origin moments of how Mark became yeah. Moon Knight with the negotiation with Conchu, but it still wasn't quite what people have been asking for, which is a full-on Moon Knight series. Shannon, what are your thoughts on this? Would you feel the same way Michael does, or did this episode not work for you? You've been on the fence uh, on this one as well throughout the whole series, so what's your feeling on this episode? I enjoyed the heck out of this episode. Oh, this okay. is looking at all the things okay. that we all right. <laughs> apparently Samson did not agree with me. Yeah, um, right. But, but looking at all of the everything that Moon Knight has given us up until this point, um, yeah. I do feel like maybe this was not the way to tell the story because right, right. like had they gotten to this a little bit quicker, um, which, you know, I don't know how you do that with what preceded it. Um but I I loved the 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 psychological aspect of this and and finding out where his identity sort of split. I mean, this was just such a fantastic episode. Um, and as Vogel said, I mean, I was a little um, iffy on the uh, Mark Stephen. Like, I, I don't really feel like there's a big difference between the two of them. Now I yeah. definitely see it. I mean, maybe that was just something like folks saw it before I did, but I definitely, my eyes have caught up. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. Like there were some really, really sad moments. Um, And Ethan Hawke again is just doing, I I, I think maybe he, he escaped the, uh, the uh, Harrow pop in pop out curse that you brought up last week, John, Um, because him and this episode was just, just really fantastic, but I have no idea how they're going to bring this plane in for a landing at this point. Right. I know it seems like a lot that they need to tie up in one episode. And certainly we are in the midst of a hawkissance, if you can say that. Uh, certainly with all the stuff that he's got going on. I just saw Black Phone last night as we're recording this on the screening, and he was incredible in that. Chillingly scary. I'm like, this is the same guy from Reality Bites? What, are you kidding me right now? It was pretty good stuff. So <laughs> great to see him doing so much in so many different arenas and so many different stuff right now. Kalinowski, you've yes, been sir. the biggest. Per- uh, uh, I can say perpetrator of negativity. Per- what, would you, what would you say? <laughs> I, I, like I would not say. I don't think. You know what, Mike? Let he can speak for himself. You know, your husband can speak for himself. Kalinowski, go ahead. Yeah. Defending my man. Okay. Um, uh, I, I, I recorded an episode of Sith Council this morning, and Harloff's like, "Did you see it? Did you see it? We got to talk about it." Like, yeah. I didn't see it yet. He's like, "Best episode of Marvel television ever." Oh wow! Oh, that's that's hyperbole, buddy. Okay. I don't okay. know if I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He goes. He's like, "You're a crier. You cry at the drop of a hat. You'll be done crying." I was like, "Okay." Sets it up. Uh, and I'm a big enough man to admit when I'm wrong or whatnot. This was by far my favorite episode of the show. Okay. This great. was the series I wanted. Like, yeah. Like, his, like I said last week, I think Oscar Isaac might have been miscast, but it was never his acting. He's always phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The acting, I, I mean, the origin, we get a little bit of Raul Bushman in there. He talks about him, but the, the, yeah, the, Bushman the shot of him yeah. at the base of the altar, like, that's right out of the, yeah. that was gorgeous. It's like, just give me, that's all we needed. So yeah. I'm looking back in these past four episodes and I'm like, I, I didn't need Mark in the museum with the girl trying to take him out on the date. I didn't need Harrow with the Bavarian pretzel village. Like none of that matters where we are right now with this episode. Like you could have done one episode setting up what we get to, mm-hmm. to this. Like, and, and I didn't care. Moon Knight didn't show up. Couldn't care less in this episode. Cause it was, well, he did great. show up. 
in the origin Briefly. moment he did Briefly. but not yeah, didn't yeah, fight yeah. or anything like right that. nothing like a, a action beat or anything because i'm right. saying like that, that episode they made a big deal i know it was because the actor had passed but they had said he plays oh, yes. his character's midnight man and they thought oh he's gonna be yeah. midnight man and so his episode was kind of a throwaway with him going to get the thing like mm-hmm. i don't know i i like this episode seems like the pitch of the show when they were pitching it like this is what we want to do and then they built out around this episode and it's just like this episode I'll watch again. Absolutely. The yeah. others I'm kind of like, and, but also I'm like, and, and, and like last episode, people were talking the mummy and this and that and Raiders like this to me felt like Raiders, but something new with it, like the boat with the dead and when yeah. he's crawling back to it, like that's just awesome. And do you guys feel this? Like, I feel like Jake is the piece that's going to balance the scales. Like Jake's Can heart. We, I don't I, know. I don't scales know. were balanced. I, I, at the the, end. the scales were balanced by yeah. the end, but I mean, we, I think, I don't know. I think we saw I, Jake in this episode. Oh, I thought so too. Well, Jake doesn't have him. I don't, where do you, where did you, where do you, where did when, you when, see Jake? When, when Steven's running and the two of them are standing there talking and there were three of them. No. Right? Uh, no. In, no? in Dr. Yeah. Harrow's, in Dr. Harrow's office, there yeah. is a yeah. very specific part where Oscar Isaac stands up and is like, hey, you're a really good doc. I feel like I'm good. I'm, I'm all, t- and, oh, and, he is, yeah. and he is absolutely not talking like Mark Spector and okay. he's absolutely right. not talking like Stephen Grant. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's Maybe, the first sure. that we've actually seen Jake. So, that's that's my guess. Yeah, that How might be right because- I have no clue. Yeah. Yeah, but but I love this episode. Point. So I admit it. I didn't like what came before, but this episode, just fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. You know, and so some of the people leaving comments about Kalinowski, look, he's honest with his opinion. And if you've got a problem with honesty, you probably shouldn't watch critic shows or reviews because that's where people are usually like, dropping their honesty, just letting you know. Like, so. people get upset. Like, come on, man. Like, I didn't like it. It's yeah. not what I wanted. That's okay. Right. That's yeah, life. That is okay. I don't have to well, like it. Same people got mad at Star Wars about different movies. So, you know, yeah, that's a, yeah, you know you're allowed to right. not like stuff. But I like, but you're also willing to admit when you do like something. And so I did. that's and what I think fantastic. is fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I like the two. The visuals here were, were really stellar. The the back and forth, the conversation, certainly the stuff with the brother. Certainly, I got very emotional about that. The heartbreaking stuff with his mom and with his dad, who, by the way, should get a shout out as well. Not always easy to do nonverbal acting, as Shannon McClung, the actor on the on the crew here, will tell you. Nonverbal acting sometimes can be the toughest acting because you're trying to show so much emotion, so many levels, so much in a relationship here. With just a gesture or a move or a you know a wave of a hand, things like that. So certainly we, uh, I liked. He looked a little close to Al Madrigal for me, but I still enjoyed seeing him play the dad a little bit. Um, but yeah, overall, very much enjoyed it. As someone who's been through therapy, pretty some pretty intense therapy, I thought this was really fantastic to explore. And some of those things that were brought up by Harrow, you can see how a therapist or a psychiatrist might twist those things into some negative actions and so i loved how they were playing around with that really walking the line uh and the tightrope and we got to see some more from oscar isaac and mark breaking down showing us his vulnerability as well which i really enjoyed all right so i'm doing this on the fly ladies and gentlemen so i'm gonna i'm gonna do the best i can with this in terms of of kind of doing storylines here um mike i'll go back to you here so let's just deal with the mark and steven stuff that was the big thing here throughout you know if he finds out that he's dead uh that he actually died we do find out though that later he's just got a bullet he's got to come back from this bullet his body to get back above uh ground there to figure out what he's going to do there in the tomb and 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 confront harrow but we get so much here with mark and steven navigating the memories navigating as we mentioned the stuff with his mom the stuff with his brother uh figuring out and and steve and steven 
seeing the moment of his origin, in essence, a Stephen origin story in this as well, where he is born from a moment where Mark is saying, it's not my mom, it's not my mom, it's not my mom. As she bursts through, he creates a whole new character from which to exist. And Stephen confronting that with Mark and being told by Mark, yes, I created you, but you got to live the better life than I did. You don't want to live the life I have. You don't want to see what our mom did to us. You don't want to see any of this stuff. But then Stephen, by the end, embracing more of being Mark as he's fighting off those souls on the boat, on the ship, as Mark would do. In the end, though, it leads to him being thrown overboard and staying possibly in the a world of the underworld. So, Mike, what did you think about how this journey went about in this episode between Mark and Stephen and discovering all these emotional plot points between them? Yeah, I think when we get to the end of the of the series next week, uh, yeah. series limited run season whatever, I think the when we when we break out what we liked what we didn't like, I think that at the very top of the like list is going to be the Mark and Steven relationship. I yeah. think that whether you started this series at the beginning uh, like me, where you really liked Stephen Grant right off the bat because I wasn't really a Moon Knight person, and Mark spec Mark I didn't really get a, a sense of because he's so closed off for the first four mm -hmm. episodes. He's not. He reveals no information. He like says nothing. Or if you're like Kalinowski and all you want is more Mark Spector and Stephen Grant's not your guy, I think wherever you start, it's like these are two characters that really don't like each other, uh, yeah. don't like that they're inhabiting the same body. And I think that from a writing standpoint, a pacing standpoint, and a plotting standpoint, and an acting standpoint, they really sell you on these two coming to understand each other. And that really is all about this episode. Like watching... Steven understand where he came from, but also yeah. understand why Mark created him basically and seeing what Mark has dealt with and watching Mark just break down and break and just repeatedly oh. say, let's not go into this room. Let's not touch this. I don't want to go here to the point where he throws a childlike temper tantrum and is like, no, you can't make me. You can't be like, like that, that you're just breaking down wall after wall after wall and seeing the two of them and like, I don't think you can understate. I mean, I know Shannon just said it, but I you cannot understate how amazing it is to watch two Oscar Isaacs mm. acting next to each other. And A, from a visual effects standpoint, it's seamless. But more importantly, yeah. from a character standpoint, I completely see these as two different people. Yep. And so completely accepting and believing that these are two different people and watching them come together, like, I think that's the heart of what this episode is. Like, the fact that Mark was trying to save Steven at the end. And then Steven steps up to the plate, finally has his action moment and kind of makes a sacrifice to save Mark, who he two episodes ago probably would have been happy to let go over the edge of that ship. I think that's what makes this episode really, really land emotionally. Okay. Uh, what did you think? Let me go back to you on this. What did you think about how they handled the stuff with his mom, like the stuff with his dad, the stuff with his brother? We hear from the big, from the first beat of this episode, we hear a child crying for help in the in a cave we see the water all of that is foreshadowed for what we're going to get in this story and then seeing oscar isaac break down in the middle of the road and then immediately become steven how insane was that to watch as we were going along and what did you think about this backstory with him as someone who hasn't read or you know has read too much moon knight what did I, you think about this backstory i really like to i uh correct me if i'm wrong uh, yeah. In the comics, it's his father who dies, not his mother, I believe, right? I, I think. Mike, Kalinowski? I was trying to remember that during the episode because I was like. Yeah, yeah. I think I it's his mom. Believe... I still think it's no. his mom, but it might be his dad. 
I believe it's his father. Like, I think that, like, okay. but well, also because in the comics, for sure, like, the origin is not my my little brother died right. when I was right, a kid right, because right. his brother That's is also else. a mercenary and goes down yeah, his yes. road. So, so regardless of who dies, like, the I accidentally did something. Uh, my brother, my brother died tragically, and my mom blames me for it. That's all new for the series, yes. and yes. I think it's great. Like, I think really seeing this, like super tragic moment seeing this really traumatic event i mean like johnny you said as you've done you've done therapy and like a, a mm. lot of therapy really is going back to those moments and like look for mark this was a super super seriously traumatic and abusive event but even yeah. for people who like anyone dealing with any anxieties you have any issues you have any of your issues you usually track that back to something that happened when you were very young where yes. a, there's a young version of you in your head that is still believing a thing in your 30s and your 40s and your 50s. And so I think like they really visualized that very, very well. I mean, I think it was very affecting. I think it was very powerful. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll go to Kalinowski on this next. Kalinowski, yes, what did you think about how they kind of messed with this origin story a little bit? But but and but then also seeing this relationship develop between Stephen and Mark, you know, Every time people get around Stephen, the initial reaction, especially from strong-willed people, the initial reaction is to kind of dismiss him a little bit. But yeah. Stephen is one of those kind of like nice battering rams that won't stop. He doesn't know when to stop. Yeah. And he's going to eventually wear you down. And it's, you know, Conchu got into his corner by before he got put into that uh, thing. And now Mark gets into his corner by the end of the episode. So what do you think about how they handled all of this in their interactions and the progression of their relationship throughout, as well as the backstory? I, I loved it, it just everything again clicked for me. And I'm trying to think mm. about the parents in usually it's in, in film and TV. We always see it's the dad, the abusive dad. Yeah, yeah. So that was a nice flip to put it with the mom. Certainly in Marvel, it's always been the dad. Yeah, it's, great it's point, always Mike. the abusive yeah. father, abusive father. So this was a nice flip to see. So I like that. Um, but again, and it, it's fascinating to see uh, when I worked on Black Monday, I was Ken Marino's double he plays twins so mm. they brought in an actor on the second season so that we did what they're doing on the show so i'm very curious to see how they did this because i did the scenes with ken uh and we had to do like rehearsals together uh, so i'm curious how they did this if they would have just had another actor that he stood in then they flipped the roles or what but so that's fascinating to me from an acting standpoint to watch this episode and how seamless they blend it but it's just like i i love both characters in this episode and i haven't mm. loved stephen grant yet like, so I don't know okay. if it was the emotionality that I connected with, with him. Uh, I, I'm very curious to go, I guess I should go back now and watch the whole thing because I, I don't know what made me invest in him in this season. I mean, in this episode as in the past, like I, I think the father dynamic. And again, like he didn't have much to say, yeah. but just was, and this, I think Moab did Moab, Dia, uh, Mohammed Diab direct this one? Yeah, he directed yes. this one, yes. Yeah, because this is, it just hits. It just hits and the emotion beats. Um, but it's fascinating to see. And again, like John, we talk about like picking and choosing from the, the history of the comics. This is yeah. something we haven't seen before. Yeah. Like yeah. I've never really seen this. So for me as a fan of the character, this is something I'm kind of like, oh, I love this. This is great. Yeah. So this is something it the comics never did. Yeah. And they're not in costumes. They're not superhero action. And I'm totally invested. So it, it's, it hits. It, it's smart, isn't it? It's smart. It, because, I think so. I mean, comic book origin stories are a certain way because they fit yeah. for comic books. Yeah. Live action uh, origin stories of superheroes from the comic books, 
you got to be smart to adjust some things to make it fit within the world you're creating within the series, but also within the world of the entire MCU. And yeah. I think they did a nice job with this as they did with Black Widow, as they did with um, uh, with WandaVision, with Wanda and her, kind of adjusting her story a little bit, even with the kids. Yeah. They adjusted the story a little bit. I think it really works. And I like this. It's more human. It's more connectable. It's more tra- yeah. it's more um, so, vulnerable. And people connect to that universally. If you're saying yeah, yeah, the human- humanity of it. But like, so now yeah. I'm thinking back to like the Jackal in that first episode, the guy last episode. I'm like, it almost doesn't <laughs> fit anymore. Like oh, interesting. I, I don't. Yeah. Those pieces. I'm kind of like, well, was that just to show the supernatural side of Moon Knight? Because the, the yeah. suit and the conchu does that. Right. So why are we getting these like, yeah, I'm it's it's interesting. But a lot of a lot of questions now brought up. But hey, okay. I'm on board. I like, though. Yeah. I, I, mean, see we, I mean, we did have a we did have a giant talking hippo and zombies coming out of the sand True. in this episode. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's some weird stuff. That's for sure. As Sam said, agrees. Sure. As Sam said, agrees. Uh, Shannon, thoughts on this relationship between Stephen and Mark, but also these memories. Right. I mean, you can and please feel free to talk about the origin story in terms of the parents and all of this stuff that happened with his brother. But also we get to see some of these memories. We get to see him being there and reliving the death of Layla's father, reliving him dying, crawling to Conchu's temple there. Um, and we get to see these all the room full of people, dead people there that he has killed. And he knows them by the city or the country he was in when he killed them. So the, and he carries this weight and the scales are balancing as he talks about how he wishes he would fail on these missions and that someone p- would put him out of his misery. So uh, what did you think about all of this as we saw more into the, uh, the world of Mark and how that kind of developed some sympathy from Stephen on his end for Mark? Um, you know, I because I, I, I am known as like, you know, the action lover, um, mm. uh, this Wasn't virtually had no action except for yeah, the yeah. end. I mean, yeah. you know, except for, for the uh, the folks from the duot, you know, jumping on the boat and attacking. Um, but this the psychological aspect of this, um, especially that moment where Mark is literally confronting his past, like yeah. it's sitting there in front of them, in front of him. And repeatedly like these things that are popping up and how Harrow is the one who encouraged Mark to yeah. reveal this stuff to Steven. So Steven's personality would come out with Harrow. Um, yeah. I, I thought this was all so well done. And, and again, like the, as you mentioned before, John, I was kind of, kind of yeah. in kind of out on the show. Like there were, there were definitely aspects that I liked, but there were things that I did not think that they were necessarily executing that well. Um, Muhammad Diab did a tremendous job with this and again i can't overstate that i wish we'd i wish there was a i wish there was a version of this show that we would have gotten to this sooner because this is thinking back to wandavision like there was very little action in wandavision until the end um and i was so invested in wandavision and the same way with this episode and thinking about that scene where mark is outside the is the shiva is that what it is yeah was that it was okay outside yeah. the the sitting shiva. sitting sitting, sh- sitting shiva um so so there's a thing that when as actors that that helps and a lot of times this helps with auditions is you think about what was the character doing immediately before and yeah. so as the camera rolls as you kind of launch into your audition um we're kind of catching them catching them midway and that makes for an interesting audition like that just looks it looks better on camera versus like you hear a starter pistol and then go and the way that Oscar Isaac was able to, in front of our eyes, 
transform from grieving Mark mm. to absolutely confused Steven was just such great, great acting. Like, you know, uh, sometimes when he transforms, like there is that very cinematic way of, yeah, okay, that's how, that's how, that's how we know it's happened. Whereas right. this, it was different. Like there was just something so real and so raw and so palpable. Um, and getting the backstory on where Steven got later's gators. That's something he used to, that's something Mark right. used to say to his mom. And, th- you know, that relationship died. And it, well, it, it was Randall just so. To, something Randall used to say. I think Randall's the one who says it, not Steven. Was it Randall? Was it, was it, it wasn't Mark. Wow. So that, that hits, that hits even harder. Um, yeah, just the, the Mark Steven dynamic, which at the beginning, I, I know I wasn't that big on, um, I, I've really turned around on that relationship and like, it's been building. I mean, all yeah. the stuff with them in Egypt, I really enjoyed the, uh, the reflective back and forth that they had, but in this one, it's really, you know, it was, it was, it was really, really powerful. And then to get that ending, you see sort of the potential fate of Steven. Wow. Yeah. Really, really well done. Yeah, and you wonder if that's, and we'll get to the ending, of course, but you wonder if that's going to be the final bell for Steven or not. You know, is that the way you get rid of a personality in some way? You kind of kill it, and so you move on now more completely as you are. I wonder if they'll remove that. I can't I can't believe that they will, but you never know. You know if they, maybe they're opening the door for Jake now that Steven has moved on, and maybe Steven will make a return later down the road, or he'll pop up in the finale. We shall see. Let's pivot to uh, Harrow. Shannon, I'll go back to you. What did you think of, first of all, Ethan Hawke's performance in this episode? As we say, as Michael stated, he was in this much more than he's been before. Or I think you said it, Shannon. Sorry. He was in this much more than he was before in the jumping in, jumping out kind of approach. And we saw him trying to get Mark to open up to Steven, Steven up to, up to Mark. What do you think his end game is here? And we heard him talking about, you know, creating a castle, creating a place for you to place your memories so that you can deal with it. Uh, yeah, an organizing principle, a castle, a library, or in his case, a psych ward. And Harrow really starts to get through to Mark a little bit. But what do you think is Harrow's overall mission here? Because, I mean, he is kind of getting them to connect, getting them doped up to each other. Does he think he's going to be able to manipulate Mark in the end to get what he needs from to get close to Ahmed to open the tomb and do whatever? Or what do you think is Harrow's uh, mission here through this whole episode? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, and, it, and it's also, I mean, the mystery, like, well, like said, it's, well, it, it's, well, I mean, it's been a very, it's been a very straightforward show. Like, like the yeah. mysteries were, you know, what, what made the personalities um, split uh, but also, I mean, now we've gotten, as we're in the asylum, it's like, okay, Towerit is saying he's dead. They're yeah. in the land of the dead, but he's also interacting with this, with Harrow. And it's like, okay, is this, is this a projection of Mark? I don't feel like it is. I mean, I do feel like Harrow has some sort, some sort of presence in Mark's head. I don't know, like he's not done that yet. So, right. so I, I don't know how. But the way that Mark is viewing him as a little more like I'm not seeing an ulterior motive here, like like with Harrow in in the asylum to me, I'm like, this looks like any number of uh, psychiatric professionals that we've seen in television and film before folks that really, really want to help their 
folks that want to help their their patients. Now, is there some ulterior motive to getting all of the personalities to come out? I don't know. I mean, when last yeah. we left Harrow, he was in the tomb. He 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 was there. Like he 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 hadn't released Amit yet, but it looked like yeah. the need for Mark was done. Hence the bullets. Um, yeah. so and, and he I, had that one line, Shannon, where he said, I can't help people who don't want to help themselves, right? It's, he said that too before after he shot him. I mean, what if it comes out that Harrow was a good guy? <laughs> like, Harrow's the <laughs> Conchu was really the villain, Harrow's the one that's trying to Harrow in, yeah. in the act of uh, in the service of the other gods is trying to get Mark on this path. I don't think that's it. I don't think, right, I don't right. think they do a full 180, but yeah, at this point. The reason, like, I got curious at the end of episode four was because of that crazy ending. Like, even though I didn't think yeah. it, like, it really matched up, I'm like, this is really fucking weird. Um, but this episode, like, I'm so curious what the finale is, partly because I want to know if they can bring this to a satisfying conclusion, but also I want to know what the <laughs> conclusion is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Vogel, uh, go back to you on, on this on Hera. What, what did you feel it was his, in, what do you sense is his intention here? Because, I mean, he's been consistent throughout the series, hasn't he? It's like, I just want to help you, Mark. I want to get you out from under Conchu. You're a broken man. Uh, Ahmed can be great things in the world. You know, and once again, here he shoots him and says, you know, I can't help those who want to help themselves. And then Mark's projection of him is essentially trying to get him to open up, trying to get him to see things that he's using, psychological terms that they've used to describe human behavior, to hide traumatic events from yourself. All these things, you would think this is about helping him realize how to be his true self and fully realized there uh, as a person. Or do you sense there's something more nefarious here? Well, I don't think this is Harrow. I mean, I don't Fair think, enough. like, like whatever's going right. on, okay. like, 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 I, I don't think that the Harrow that we've seen in the first four episodes is the, is this, is, is posing as a doctor in, in Mark's head okay. and trying to get something happening. Like, I don't, well, I don't let me, let me think... pull out the question then and ask, well, if it isn't, if it's a projection, why is he using Harrow in this way in his mind throughout this episode, I guess? Well, so I don't, it, I don't know. Like I like much like shit. I don't know. I think that I think that there's a couple potential options. I think that um you maybe Mark is just kind of filling in these gaps to try and force himself to face some things. And mm. he's using Harrow as an authority figure to try and push things. The other option is maybe Harrow really is a doctor in a psych ward and that's reality and everything we've seen up to this point is actually in Mark's head and they're gonna yeah. pull a 180 on us and fuck with all of us and be like no no this really was all in Mark's head um outside guess maybe this Harrow is really Khonshu I think that oh. you know Khonshu uh at least in the comic book that this is based on was ultimately revealed to be behind everything that was going on and trying to get Mark to go to bring everything together. And you know, Conchu says a really interesting thing in the origin that we see, where he mm -hmm. basically says, uh, I actually wrote it down, um, your mind, I feel it, fractured, broken, most yes. fascinating. Um, so Conchu clearly picks Mark because of his fractured brain. Mm -hmm. And maybe Conchu had some reason for wanting Mark to have separate identities separate brains and knew down the road that at this point he was going to have to bring mark together and maybe this is really conchu doing all of this to try and force mark to be what he needs to be to step into his role as like the new and improved moon knight 
Um, right. So, I mean, maybe that's an option. I think that what that hero, I think whatever that hero is doing, it's either a projection in Mark's head, um, some other force like Khonshu, or he's really a doctor and it's all in his head the whole time. So who knows? But um, I don't think that this is a continuation. Kind of to Shannon's point, Harrow, and even in this episode, like, Harrow seems to be getting what he wants. Like, we go out into uh, into the underworld, into uh, Duat, yeah. and we're Duat. seeing the boat, uh, and we're seeing all the purple light come down, and we hear that all of these uh, bodies are being judged before their time and being sent down. So I think Harrow's busy up there freeing Amit and doing his thing. Oh, so, oh, so um, all those... Yeah, all those bodies we see coming later on the episode, those are those souls being taken out before their time. Wow, I didn't yeah. even catch that. Damn it. Okay, good stuff, Mike. Yeah. Um, okay. Is, was that the end of your points? Yeah, uh, yeah. To, okay, okay, cool. Kalinowski, thoughts. What do you think uh, Harrow's purpose is in Mark's mind in this um essentially uh fever dream or whatever's going on with him as he's trying to come back to life from being shot with that bullet? What do you think? Harrow's purpose is in this whole episode. May I be frank? Please. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him. I don't. And maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the point of the writers. <laughs> yeah. They wanted us feeling this. Like, we don't mm -hmm. know what's going on with him. Because if I was Harrow and I needed him out of the way, I'd keep him in this fractured state as long as I can. I wouldn't try and help oh, him. Sure. I wouldn't be trying to get him medicated to get better. Because he... You know, Steven, every advice he's getting from him is fighting against. So right. I don't know. I would think he'd want him in this fractured state. So he's out of the picture. So Moon Knight, the Avatar Moon Knight is out of the picture. Uh, we have no idea what's going on with Layla. So is Harrow dealing with her in the real world? Are we in Mark's head? Uh, I don't subscribe to that. that this is all going to end up being in his head. I think this is he is real. Mm -hmm. This is. Yeah, I, I think that. Um but again, with Harrow, like I, I liked him so much more in this episode than I've ever liked him. And I, I like Dr. Harrow over Soup Kitchen Harrow. Uh, <laughs> it just works for me better. Like, you know, I don't like, like you said, he pops in with the cane. As opposed to Soup Kitchen Norman Osborne and Soup Kitchen. OK, I got it. Okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> because there's just something about him. He's chewing I'm the scenery. something of a soup aficionado myself. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> I can make soup. I'm something of a soup kitchen kick myself. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, but I like again, I just have nothing but great things to say about this episode. But again, I have yeah. no clue because everything about Harrow in the past that we've seen, Mark's out of the picture. He killed him, he's done. You know, so is yeah. he just gonna rise up from the dead in that one tomb? And Harrow's gonna be like, oh damn it, damn it. So, but how does how is Mark how is Harrow the, the main guy in his head? You know, yeah. has he always been in his head? Is, is it just happening right now? Again, I don't know. But again, maybe that might be the point of the show is they want us on edge. They want us confused. They don't want us knowing what's real, what's not. Right. So, yeah. I can't, I can't. I don't have answers to that. Guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I think I it's have. great because I think that's yeah. good. I think I think writers actually love reviews where the guys are yeah. like, and the girls are like, I, I don't know what's going on, but I like what I'm seeing. I just I'm that's, looking forward to seeing how they how the they thing. figure this out. Yeah, I'm not going. Well, God, what's going on here? Well, give me some answers. I'm like, right. okay, I want to know what's going to happen next. Let's go. Not like, yeah. all right, this is dragging me along. What's going on? This episode. Right. 
was a great one well, for me. Yeah. And I remember, you know, when we talked what? about the second episode, when we talked about the second episode, the, the soup yep. kitchen episode, yeah. uh, I think like one of the things that we said, or that I said at least, was that I actually loved that the way that Ethan Hawke was playing Harrow, he was being super helpful to Steven. Like yes. he un he uncuffed him, he walked him around, he showed him around, he explained the conchu stuff, he explained the mark stuff, and I said, I kind of love that he's being so helpful, even though he's the villain. And here we are again, episode five, and Doctor Harrow is actually being very helpful. Like everything he's yeah. saying to Mark or Stephen is helping them work through their problems. So again, you have this villain who, on the surface at least, seems very helpful, and where that ends up, and for the why of it all, it's gonna be really interesting to see where it lands on next Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, very fascinating. Uh, I like the use of Harrow here, and I think, you know, coming from my own point of view, right again, with the therapy, but also, like, the, the desire to get better when you slide into the deepest of depressions or you have a dissociative identity disorder there is a there for some people there is a piece of them that wants to live that wants to figure this out and i think harrow is that piece of him that wants to figure this out wants to live and he's in essence using harrow to confront himself as a vehicle to finally come out you know i've seen some people speculate that harrow could be jake i don't know but either way i think it's great that you're seeing Harrow become in service of Mark and Mark use that situation to maybe find his way back out of the sand or out of the water as he is in now, which is ironic because of course his brother drowned. It seems like um, climb out of this to be reborn again, as we know water symbolizes. So I, I think that was a great use of him, but yes, overall I agree with my three compatriots. I have no idea what the purpose was of Harrow. We're all just speculating but loved seeing him throughout these psychological concepts, having them have discussions about them so that the mainstream audience has an understanding of what these concepts are. Uh, and once again, in a kind of subtle way, destroying that stigma around mental health or seeing a psychiatrist or seeing a therapist and that this stuff can be helpful to you if you commit to it, if you're really committed to it. Um, all right, let's move on to this other stuff, and I'll start with you, Kalinowski. There was so much... Yes, sir going on here with egyptian stuff with the underworld yeah with tauret with uh um uh, the idea of souls balancing the hearts um the, the souls taken before their time as michael alluded to the ship zombies coming out attacking what did you think about this oh and of course mark becoming uh, uh moon knight through Konshu, using him in a moment of complete duress and steven saying I forgive you because he took you when you were the most vulnerable. And I understand now why you did what you did. It's yeah. not your fault. It's yeah. not your fault. It's not your fault. It's <laughs> hugging him. So what right. did you think about this, all this whole Egyptian stuff throughout um, uh, this episode as kind of a touching base with the Moon Knight uh, stuff on the comic books? Yeah, I, I, what I loved that the Egyptian stuff brought to this episode was the ticking clock. Yes, like, oh, I love a ticking clock in fiction. Yeah. Like it, it just adds the stakes. Like you know, they've got to get these hearts balanced. They got to go back into the ship, and that is constantly there. So I love that. And so that the way to wrap that up in the Egyptian mythology of of the was it the field of reeds that yeah. they're, they're going to be taken to yeah, and all that like just yeah, yeah. brilliant. Like I love that that stuff was and 
the flashbacks to like to me the that Moon Knight statue of Khonshu with the with the half moon like that statue that's mm. Moon Knight to me like that is the the image that we see and the Khonshu over there on the side so the way that they were able to bring that in add the ticking clock to the already fractured psyche of these two guys that have got to work together that don't can't work together just hit on all the right things like you know him things like I'll, I'll knock her out with only two of us and I'll steer the ship and all this and it's just like you're on this boat there's nothing you could do against her. You ain't going to yeah. do anything to her. You're on this path, the two of you guys, and until you fix these hearts and the feathers and the hearts balancing. Uh, my whole thought though the whole time was like, oh, they need Jake. That's the third, mm-hmm. his heart to balance. So I was clearly wrong because it got balanced eventually. Um, but the way that, that then Steven takes over and, and he's able to fight as opposed to Mark. Uh, so again, for me, it all worked. I don't, I can't, usually I, I'm finding so many critiques and finding the one thing I like on this mm-hmm. I had so much I loved. I can't think of something I would critique. What about Bush? I, what about the the what about the dropping the, the Bush? Thread, what I love about that was yeah. in in Mo, yeah. uh, is it Mohammed? I'm sorry, Mohammed Diab. Mohammed Diab. Yeah, yeah. Said, he had said he's like we can't do we didn't do Bushman because it's too much like Killmonger, and I agree. Yeah. The mercenary, you know. So I'm like that was a smart play, but it's there. Yeah, it's there. It's in the mythology. They address it. They acknowledge it. So that's a nice. I don't want to say even an Easter egg, but it's something that maybe. Will come. He's there. He's in the world. Yeah. So yeah. he will. If we see Moon Knight again, he's absolutely going to be popping up again. So I think that's great. So yeah, nice way to thread it in. And as me as a fan, like John, you, it was a nice. Like I, I we didn't get the full origin of it. Fine. They yeah. they acknowledge it. And it's in the world of Marvel. We as we know with Marvel, it's in the world. Doesn't matter if it's five, ten years from now. It's coming in. So I, right. I and I love that about the MCU. I love that. Two hundred fifty million characters and all these things in these boards. And Feige's got it all. And he knows yeah. what he's doing. He yeah. knows where it'll pop up. So yeah, and yeah. He was uh, he was here for the presentation earlier today, and he said uh, as soon as he was done doing the presentation, he was going back to meet with his Marvel team to keep planning out the next decade of Marvel movies. So just insane. There it is to think about how far ahead he is of everything to try to yeah. put this all together. My God, it's crazy. But also the other part of this, and Mike, I'll go back to you one more time. You know, because I was like when he said Bushman, I stuck my finger out like Decafe. Um, But like we also see a taxi go by. If you guys notice. In the scene where yeah. he, like, that was a great allusion to Jake. So you know the creators of this show understand who the important characters are in the Moon Knight mythology. Absolutely. And they're just yeah. kind of laying the groundwork a little bit. It doesn't mean, th- we may not be getting a second series, but it doesn't mean we won't get a Moon Knight feature film, right? What yeah. do you think? I, and, yeah, and I think, again, it's it's he's he's respecting the hardcore fans. Like, hey, yeah. it's there. We're not saying no. It's there. Right. We're acknowledging it we've just had to tell this story. And I was talking to Harloff Christian this morning about this, and he's not a fan of moon. I didn't know anything, but he's loving the show. Mm-hmm. And I think that Marvel did such a good job of making it palpable for people that don't know the character. Cause it is a, to explain it to someone, it's very hard to do. And you know, he's this, he's this, yeah. he's got this personality. So, and again, he's respecting the past, but telling a new story. And that's what Feige and Marvel does so well, whether you love it or not, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, yeah. So yeah. And certainly, and certainly Harloff has a second personality as Ralph Biscuits. So we know that very clearly. <laughs> so we understand. <laughs> Shannon McClung, <laughs> you're the you're the archaeologist of this crew. Uh, what did you think about all this mythology here with Egypt and uh, Tauret? And uh, oh, we hear about the gates of Osiris. We see that ship. We see the zombies here. Did you? Is this all in Mark's head? Is he creating this or Stephen's head? And Stephen is more of the historian of the Egypt um, Egyptian mythology. Was this a combo of both of their brains kind of working together uh, to create this world and then navigate them back out of this world uh, by the end? 
I mean, gosh, I can't think that that was a uh, construct of their imagination. Of their imaginations, mm. even though okay. like everything in the asylum, like I don't, I don't know what that is. I mean, I, conceivably, it could be all in Mark's head. But right. the moment that he pushes out those doors in the asylum and he sees on, he's on the ship in the afterlife. One, the production design for Moon Knight has been fine like it's 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 good like it's 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 fine there's nothing been there's nothing that's been mind-blowing there's nothing been like ah kind of shitty um except for the moment when they go and meet the Ennead. like that i actually really liked how uh, you know through the wall through a wall just opened up i thought that was cool as shit um and the same with this i mean the moment that we see what the egyptian afterlife looks like i mean i thought that was the coolest thing i mean i know very little about egyptian mythology so i don't know how many how, how many liberties that they took um i thought the character of tower was really really fun uh, i did think it was funny that she sounded like a little english girl <laughs> but i mean i can't remember the last time we saw a a live action hippo effect I, I mean, obviously, there have been many hippos yeah. in animation, but just the way that the ears, the way the ears move, that was like, that is, that's such a great little detail. Um, yeah, I enjoyed all this, especially as they got the gates, got to the gates. Is it the gates of Osiris? The gate to the... To Osiris. Our, yeah. the, guy, uh, the, the gate to our world, essentially? Yeah. Yeah, what yeah. we saw, I thought was, again, I thought it was just super, super cool. Like, I really... I'm glad that we finally got to a place where we could uh, let the production designers really kind of stretch, stretch their legs a little bit and, and flex their yeah. creative muscles. And that scene with uh, Mark and Conchu, the eeriness in F. Murray yeah. Abraham's voice, yeah. which I thought was so sorely missing in the first episode. And maybe it's because at that point, Conchu and Mark have a shorthand, but just this, um, this sort of cold chilling voice i mean and just the the visual of that statue i was like that is beautiful like this is the type of thing i would love to see on an imax screen because i bet that would look awesome absolutely Uh, and shout out to antonia salib she is the voice of uh, tarot and um this is her first thing so i thought she was really good uh, doing the voiceover work uh, for this first job. So, uh, Mike, thoughts? What do you think about uh, what we got here? Was this a construct of Mark's mind or Stephen's mind? Do you think this is real because they're in this tomb and maybe the mysticism of Egypt, Egyptian stuff? Um, you know, remember they're in Alexander the Great's tomb, the Macedonian stuff. Like, do we think this is a, a, a real or do we think this is a construct in Mark and Stephen's head? And what did you think about everything we've got with Tyrant and the Land of the Dead? And the field of the reeds is that what it's called? The field of reeds, That's which also looks like yeah, it looks like Smallville from uh, uh, Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League. What did you think there, Mike, about that? Uh, I think it looked more like Gladiator, but okay, we can go with Smallville. Uh, yeah, those were low to the ground. This was pretty high, um, like corn stalks in bread in Kansas. I'm well, just saying. Go ahead. I, I think, and again, I mean, it all depends on where if everything is in Mark's head or not. But I'm assuming that. The asylum is in Mark's head. Egypt and everything we've seen is real. Uh, yeah. I think they're dead. Like, I think what we're seeing is real. You do think? Because yeah. they're dead. Like, they got wow. shot. Uh, and I think they got shot in an Egyptian tomb. You know, I mean, look, Taret is very clear on the fact that she hasn't done this in a while. 
Um, yes. So this has been a while, but I mean, I'm assuming if you died in an Egyptian tomb and fell in the water and you're tied and you're an avatar of Khonshu, it makes sense that maybe you would go to Egyptian heaven instead of some other heaven. I love the fact that Tarek kind of pointed out that there's lots of planes of consciousness. Uh, she yes. kind of, we got a shout out to the ancestral plane from Black Panther. So like <laughs> Marvel's being very clear that like basically all religions are real. Like basically what the Wakandans believe are real, what the Egyptians believe are real, like what everybody believes, like there are the different planes of consciousness and understanding. And whether you're Asgardian or Greek gods on Mount Olympus, like everything has a place in the MCU, um, it seems. But yeah, everything else they did, like I, I love that they, everything is basically 100% pulled from Egyptian mythology. Um, you know, the Duat being where, uh, the underworld and where the unbalanced souls go and the field of reeds being where you go if your soul is balanced and the feather and your heart and the scales and Anubis doing yeah. that. And if you are unbalanced, you get thrown overboard and you get fed to Amet, like all of these things, like this is Egyptian mythology. Um, but I love that they do their little tweaks on it. Like Tarret, uh, in addition to the character animation on that hippo being amazing, like Shannon said, I actually love that they gave her the voice that they gave. And she wasn't like some big sassy lady. Cause like every time you do an animated hippo, everyone is like, oh, I'm gonna be sassy and I'm gonna tell you little boys something or else. And I just love that she was this like adorable, like, all right, well, I guess we'll try this. It's amazing. <laughs> um, it was totally different and that's what made it unique. So <clears throat> I love that they're pulling straight out of the book of mythology but giving their own spin to it. I think that makes it really kind of, that's what makes it kind of fun and interesting. Yeah, agreed. Mike, and, uh, to your point, yeah, and not to say anything, for me, and when you could see casting, like, oh, with this, this character, like, I could totally see, like, a Leslie Jones voicing it. Yeah. That's what you, that's the, <laughs> oh, yeah. and that's what, yeah, you hear it and you're like, oh my God, that'd be hysterical. It'd be perfect. But that's, I think, why the show at the casting, where they flip the, the father-mother dynamic with that, I think they're doing such good stuff with this. Like they're breaking the norms of what you would come to expect on a show like this. And it works. Okay. I like that. And also just a quick thing uh, to throw uh, in for this consideration uh, is that remember in episode one, and I'm giving credit here to the ringer who was breaking this down a little bit that I totally forgot about in episode one, there was a girl, right? A young girl. And he was giving her the tour of the British museum uh, and he was saying, Stephen was, they believed you needed your heart to be judged yeah. in the underworld and only the worthiest would be allowed to pass with the field of reeds. And the girl says, and did it suck for you getting rejected from the field of reeds? And he says, that doesn't make sense because I'm not dead. Am I? Am I? And he questions it. So, Michael, as you said, in the end, could are we going to take the risk? This is an entire thing in his dreams. I don't know. I mean, it's not just like, like, look, I do think that the real world is real and they're just fucking with us both ways, but, okay. um, but you know, he, Steven has a one finned fish and then we go into his memory and we see that his brother Randall was drawing a one finned fish. So you're right. like, oh, yeah, well, that in, in his, uh, in the fish tank that he has is, is the boat that we're on at the end of the thing. So, yeah. uh, when he gets fired in HR, there's that little waterfall thing that looks suspiciously like the cave where his brother died. So, oh, you know, yeah. in, in either way you flip this, you know, we got to episode four and we were like, oh, when he was in the asylum, we saw this and we saw this and we saw this from the episodes. But when you go back and look at the episodes, 
there's an equal number of stuff in the episodes that we find in his memories. So they're really, that's where they're really fucking with us, where you're like, it could be there. I, I I think we're all I think we're all kind of thinking that what we've seen for the four episodes is probably the reality because I don't know how you do it the other way and have it feel a hundred percent satisfying. Right. But at this point with this show, who the fuck knows? Yeah, but it's fascinating to see it all come together. I know that, and and I've been in I've been enjoying the series for the most part, but I was kind of falling off a little bit until we made the jump. Right when we just made the jump here in the last episode. To go into this episode, I was 100% now back on board. I'm curious to see how they're going to wrap things up. And I do want to ask one more thing uh, of you, Michael, uh, because you are, you know, Jewish. Uh, there were there have been some complaints about how the Shiva was handled and how I saw this online from a number of people. They felt it wasn't 100% correct. Did you feel, well, before we get to that, let's take a look at him in the field. That's pretty good, right? Uh, say it looks pretty close i'm gonna put that uh, out there you're gonna get some crap of that john you're gonna get some crap <laughs> put up a shot of gladiator, of shot of gladiator. i glad in the fields i don't think there's a sun behind him but anyway what did you think about this did, did it feel authentic to you because i mean this was something they were worried about are they going to go into the jewish history and this is the first time we got any kind of like real dive into the fact that he's got a jewish backstory I, I go to our uh, our resident jewish person here on the geek buddies to tell me what you think about this situation <laughs> Is it authentic? Shalom. Or it feel real? <laughs> it's me, the resident Jew. Um, look, I don't. I'm no expert on sitting Shiva, but okay. I think, but I think that broad strokes, I think like representation is great, and I know that in the comics, uh, Mark uh, Mark Spector's Jewish, and that's a big part yes. of the comics. And so I think that like the fact that they made sure that that was a very big part of his story, like the fact that they were sitting Shiva, the fact that he has the star of David around his neck, the fact that he's wearing a yarmulke when he's standing outside. So even though he won't go in to sit Shiva, he's still wearing the yarmulke. Like I look, did they dig, did they get every single detail, right? Like I, there was nothing that stood out to me, but also I'm not the expert on Judaism, but I would just say to the people that are like, it it happened wrong or they didn't do it right. And this is so offensive or this is upsetting. I'm kind of like, but I'm, I'm split on it because like I would I'd be curious to know what it was they did wrong Um, I'm always happy to learn what I don't know what I don't know and that includes my own religion so I can't say oh those people shut up you're dumb like there might be stuff that would have been easy fixes that maybe there weren't there wasn't anyone who was an expert on Judaism on set and they should have talked to a consultant and made sure they got it right but to me, I I just appreciate that they included a character that was clearly Jewish. Like I thought that yep. was awesome and interesting. Fair enough. Kalowski, you were going to say something? No, yeah. I'm just very curious, John, because mm. I'd say from 2006 some on, people upset. Yeah. his Judaism wasn't as prominent in in the storytelling. It's right. it's a lot of the early stuff. And but on the other hand, I have to think about it. Sounds like where there are people of the Jewish faith that they saw themselves as represented. Right. And that was such a big part of the past of it. Like I look at something like Daredevil with this Catholicism and I'm raised Catholic, mm. but I couldn't tell you if it was done right or not. Again, I'm not a, and that's how I, that's how I am with the Catholic, yeah. but I am, but right. they, they, they did enough in Daredevil to know it's like, yes, they represented the Catholicism of Matt, Matthew Murdoch. So again, to Mike, I don't know, but I think it was because people felt so powerfully represented by this Jewish character. And like, there's others, there's a few, only a handful of others. If that in Marvel, yeah. Jewish, like Sabra, Sabra, I believe was her name. 
who gets, you know, will be popping up eventually with everybody. Kitty Pride. Uh, Kitty Pride. There you go. Very yeah, good. Kitty but again, yeah, not addressed right. at all in the movies. Not addressed right. at all. Right. So, yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, I can't, yeah. but, you know. Okay. What Any thoughts on this, Shannon? Any thoughts on the shit on the Shannon on, on the shit about this stuff? Um, no, I mean, you know, uh, okay. my, my wife my wife is Jewish, but I but I yeah. believe she she and Vogel probably travel in the same circles <laughs> of how much <laughs> how much they know about the more uh, more uh, uh, would they would they be Orthodox? Elements I know more or, about or... Judaism than you do, McClung. You didn't even know you eat celery and matzah on oh, that, 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 is, that is fair. That is fair for for Passover. <laughs> Kalinowski sure. sent me a text. He's like, oh, so you're doing this tonight? I'm like, no, nah, I think we're just having dinner. <laughs> and you show up there celery and matzah and you're like Kalinowski's right damn it well no well no i asked shaney i was just kind of like hey is this what we're doing because this is what Kalinowski thinks she's like yeah that's what this <laughs> is i'm like oh well look at that <laughs> the so polish catholic was right <laughs> <laughs> okay, um all right let's go around the horn real quick before we wrap up uh real quick because i know we're at an hour already but thoughts but i'm probably gonna yeah cut out some stuff here uh thoughts on <laughs> What we think is going to come in the next episode. How do we think this is, are we heading towards a massive, look, it's because I asked this because the penultimate episode of WandaVision was also Agatha going through Wanda's memories. So do we think we're going to get what we've gotten most in most of the end of these um, Marvel series is the battle between good versus evil, you know, him and Conchu and Steven and Mark and everybody else against uh, and, and Layla against, Harrow and Ahmed and his and their minions or her minions. Do you think that's going to be the end, or are we going to have something a little more character driven, a little more subtle for an ending? Uh, what do you say there, Bogle? Uh, probably be split down the middle. I, I think it's going to be really okay. sad. I think we will kind of end up in some kind of big final finale battle of some kind. But given what we've seen in the last episode or so, like I. I think it'll be interesting. I, I think ultimately, I'm going to land, you know, Oscar Isaac has kind of said several, a couple times now that it's like a one and done. Like he's not like yeah, joining the yeah. MCU, that he's doing this. And I think it'll be a shame because kind of to the point uh, that we were talking about earlier about not a ton of Moon Knight. Like I feel like these six episodes are a really great origin story to get us to know Mark Spector and yeah. Stephen Grant and potentially Jake. Uh, and see how they all sort of embrace each other and become this character who is this like awesome, fully fleshed out Moon Knight. But if we get to the end of the sixth episode and that's where he ends and then we're like, well, that was lovely. We're not going to see him again anytime soon. That'll be a shame. So yeah. I kind of feel like we're going to get to the end of this and I'm going to love where we land and would like to see more. Okay, That's where I think Fair we're going to end up. Okay. Uh, Shannon, thoughts on where, we, where we'll end up on the t in the season finale? What do you expect to see? I mean, the presumption would be that they would kind of blow the doors off with Moon Knight action. Um, but uh, I don't know. At this point, mm -hmm. I'm, I, I might be a little more interested in the more cerebral, more cerebral ending because yeah. I feel like the, the action ball they've kind of they've kind of dropped. And, and maybe that was the choice. Um, but at this point, like all of the Disney Plus series, maybe for the exception of Loki, um, they all had kind of that big, that big action, that big actiony episode. And yeah, while I yeah. did in, enjoy all those, I'm like at this point, I'm like I'd be, I'd be interested to see him try to try something different. Even though, um, 
to what Vogel was saying about like Oscar Isaac potentially not reprising the role in films mm. or future future series. Um, just from a design standpoint, I think the character looks cool. Look, it's just yeah. a cool looking character, and Oscar Isaac is a great actor. So I would love to see Moon Knight. You know hang out with Shang-Chi and Sam yeah. Wilson. I mean, that's something I would love to see, well, but yeah, you almost, it's like you love, you would love to see a moment and you've seen this in the comics before where like, now that we know what's going on and now that we know him, you want to see like all the Avengers uh, who are left in a room with Mark, who then just starts talking to himself as Steve, Steven, who yeah. starts talking to himself as Jake and everyone's like, what the fuck is going on but we're all in on the joke it's like that would be such a great thing to get to so we'll see yeah plus i mean if you throw and you can throw him into a battle like what's conchu and uh mark and steven versus dr strange what is that versus wanda what is that versus you know kind of existing in those planes as well which could be really interesting Kalashi, what do you expect we'll get in the finale what are you looking to see what well, are you hoping to see counterpoint here uh, I don't think making jokes at the mentally ill is, you know, appropriate. But, hey, if we need a joke in the Marvel Universe, we'll throw one in there uh, at someone's expense. But anyway, uh, no, really, guys, I need really to like, a joke at someone's expense. I know. But, but we are at the point of 250 minutes in three minutes of Moon Knight. Uh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Perfect. I mean. John, you're, when you're right, you're right. Just John. trying to ease the tension. Just trying to ease the tension. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Like, I don't know. I kind of think, like, it's funny now, but the Mr. Knight, I don't think we're seeing Mr. Knight again. I think he's done. I think that was a nod to the fans because they would want to see him. Uh, But what are we just going to see him in the suit fighting Harrow? Like, I mean, look, he, I I don't know. He's got to come out of there first. I know. I know. You've got the land of the other For love or hate the MCU TV shows so far, very Mm -hmm. few have stuck the landing. Even, even Hawkeye. That's fair. Every even Hawkeye's like, oh, we wanted more Kingpin. We wanted more of this. They rushed everything. Yeah. Every episode has been like, rush, rush, rush at the end. And it's just you're like oh, Sam. I mean, look at Winter Soldier. Falcon Winter Soldier. So much was rushed yeah. in that last second. You're like, how did that happen in the plot? Like they get there. I have a feeling we're heading down that path. Um, okay. But to say that when 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 Oscar Isaacs had said he's not re- reprising Moon Knight, does he mean? I mean. When you see it, it does do a standalone. It is, they have not really, but I, I know so many people want like Daredevil with Spider-Man. Like I think Daredevil and Chris and, and, and Charlie Cox with his, the Catholicism of Moon Knight or Daredevil with the Judaism of Moon Knight, like them together. I think you have him accepting his conscience where he's like, we're the protector of the people of the night. And that's my job, which will bring them into that Punisher Daredevil odds, but they both have the same ideals. Like they want to justice. Whereas Punisher and Daredevil have done that already. Let's bring that Moon Knight into it. And that, you know, I think that is such a disservice that we don't see him. I don't know if he blends in with Sam Wilson and them. Again, I didn't think Rocket and Captain America would blend in. Uh, But it worked. It was one of the funniest things in the movie. Yeah. So to see I'd love to see Thor throwing some quips at Moon Knight. I'd love to see that kind of back. But I I think that dark corner, you know, with they're coming out with, what's it, Werewolf by Night is going to be a Halloween special. I think they're they're carving a nice dark corner of the MCU, yeah. and it'd be a shame if he doesn't return because the design is great, you know. And I, I would love to see next episode see some action, but again, it's not a physical threat show, right? You no, know? it's not. So maybe they were like, "Well, we haven't, there's no point point having him in the suit running around. It's not a physical threat." 
that's a mental thing. So I'm like, okay, you know, uh, so, but I do love the suit. I do love his, him as the role now. It, it's, okay. it'd be a shame if he doesn't return. So, yeah, I agree. And just because he's not coming back in a Moon Knight series, right, uh, doesn't mean right. he can't come back in a Midnight Sun series down yeah. the road or something yeah. like that. That's certainly, or a Midnight yeah, Sun movie. Great. That's certainly possible. Oh, that'd be great. As well. Yeah, I anticipate we're going to get a massive battle. Uh, I, I can't believe that they wouldn't lead to something like that. But right. I think there are going to be more surprises than we think. Um, okay. And who is going to be involved in this battle? I think. Yeah. I'm just guessing. Um, so that's what I'm looking to see. And I think by the end, Mark will have come to terms with all the personalities. And he'll be completely Moon Knight, ready to be Moon Knight, knowing how he can use all the different personalities for the different situations as they pop up which makes him an even more formidable foe and superhero uh, for sure. So that's what I think we'll get uh, next week. We shall see. But we will be covering it for sure. Uh, I don't know if we're going to do a live uh, spoiler review, but maybe. We've been doing them for these Marvel shows. Maybe we'll figure it out schedule-wise. We'd love to do it. But uh, thank you all so much for joining us here on this spoiler review for Asylum, Episode 5 of Moon Knight Series 1, Season 1. Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK2. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says. Mikey? Uh, look, if you like the if you like the grass in Smallville or the grass in Gladiator, <laughs> we want you to stick around and see what grows here on the Geek Buddies. Uh, here's how you can help us. <laughs> Go ahead and smash that like button below. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Uh, leave your comments below. Let us know what you thought. Did we miss anything? What do you think is going to happen in the finale? Do you think that we saw everything in Mark's head? Do you think this is really in the MCU? Like, what do you think is going on? Let us know your thoughts below. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere podcasts are available, leave us some stars, leave us some comments. It helps us go up in the rankings. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, send it to your friends, and tell them to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies. Absolutely. And a, a big shout out to uh, Mike Kalinowski for joining us again for this review. Mike, where Gentlemen. can uh, people find you and everything I go to on, my man? Uh, social media, at Mike Kalinowski. That's where it's at, buddy. Come, Yeah. Okay. You got a book out <laughs> as well, a James Bond yeah, book? Yeah, my book. Don't again, forget, ladies and gentlemen, buy the book. Buy the book. It's doing great on Amazon. Still in Barnes & Noble. Signing them wherever I go. When Barnes & Noble signing them for you guys. Uh, I am still working on it. I know I keep saying it, but we're just trying to. They, you ever guys try and ship something? That's expensive yeah. now. So yeah, I'm trying expensive. to find because yeah, there's like media mail. There's a way to ship with books, and it's a deal with books to get it cost effective. Because I'm trying to do cost yeah. effective stuff for people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I will go. have more go. info on Twitter. Yeah. Authors in the Thanks, audience, guys. you got a little tip there from Mike Kalinowski. Absolutely. There you go. Um, thank you all so much. A big, big shout out to Carbon Health uh, for supporting the Outlaw Nation and uh, the Geek Buddies and sponsoring us here. We love them madly. Mike is pointing to them now. Go to CarbonHealth.com and see if you got some issues going on or you want to get a checkup, you want to get your health looked at. It's important to do that, especially as you're getting older, getting younger. You never know what it is that's going on with you. You want to go get checked out. Uh, and so you want to go to CarbonHealth.com and see if there's a clinic near you. They also offer virtual care. If you can't get to a clinic physically or if there, if there isn't one near you, they do that for you. You can also go on the app. They have an app, a Carbon Health app, a dock in your pocket for any questions you might have. And they believe in creating some great 
healthcare programs for you and a healthcare specialist to work together to put you in a better frame of mind. Look, I've had three people comment on I, that I look a little bit bigger than the last time they saw me. So I'm going to have to go visit Carbon Health and get on the treadmill and work what? with a, a specialist as well. Yeah, well, it happens. It's life. But that's the thing. That's the thing. So I may have be uh, making a call to Carbon Health myself, get a full physical, get checked out, and I can do that at CarbonHealth.com, and so can you. All right. Somebody Thank you all so much. Johnny, don't read the comments, buddy. Don't read the comments, Johnny. Come on. You've been doing this long enough now. <laughs> oh, it was in person. Them, I wish I was reading them. Okay, thank you all so much for joining us uh, for this live, uh, oh, sorry, not live, but the spoiler review episode, sorry, of uh, Moon. I got to get out of here. All right, you guys are the best. We love you madly. We'll talk to you next time with another brand new spoiler review episode here from the Geek Buddies. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.